Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And Holy Spirit, it's my prayer that as I share your word today, that you will speak to every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, just not be another message, but Lord, something would transpire within the hearts of your people, Lord, that will just change their lives forever. So Father, just calm, Holy Spirit, just hover over each person. Let them sense your presence, sense your touch, sense your power. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my goal for today is that, as I share, that something will shift in your heart. Something will change. How many of you would like to be changed different when you go out from when you came? You know, that's sort of the point of church, isn't it? You come in one way and you go out a different person, a better person. Okay, how many of you need to be a better bit of a, yeah, I think there's, there's no doubt there is there. We all need to be a little bit more, just need a little bit more of God in our lives that uh, does make a huge difference. That really is what church is all about. And I think that uh, one, one of the sad things is that church can become very religious. And, you know, we criticize, you know, the cathedrals and how they just read their prayers and all the rest of it. But sometimes we can not be far, far different from that. We can come in and leave the way we came in, and nothing changes, nothing shifts, nothing really happens, and I'm on a mission to change that with God's help, that, you know, in every service, you'll have a moment with God, you'll have an encounter with God, something will change you, something will move in you, and you'll go out, boy, it was good to get into the house of the Lord, I feel more equipped and fired up to go out and do something, so I'm praying that that will happen today. Uh, There was a missionary to Africa and he told her this woman who would come to every service with her dog. Are you allowed to do that in Africa? Don't try it here, all right? Okay. And, um, but at the end of the service, she'd go forward for prayer, and the dog would go with her as well and stand at the altar. The woman's husband was very, very abusive, and he would beat her up. And he beat her up so badly that she actually died eventually. And uh, so he was left there. He didn't go to prison somehow. It just didn't happen. So he's left at home with him, his dog and himself. But he noticed every Sunday this dog would disappear for a couple of hours. So he thought, mm, this is a bit odd. So intrigued, he thought, I'm going to check this out. So he followed the dog. Usually the dog follows, but anyway, whatever. He followed the dog, and the dog went to church. And so he sort of sat in the back row, really intrigued, like, well, what is this about? At the time of the altar call, the dog goes to the altar and to where the the wife would stand and pray. And uh, this husband is so moved by what he saw that he actually gave his life to Jesus Christ. You sometimes don't know how 100% true these stories are. I read lots of them. But my point is this. If God can use a dog to reach a lost person... I want to suggest he can use you, and he can use me, because God can work in extraordinary ways. Just if we have a heart for this mission of God, I think, you know, we do what we can do. I think some of the, one of the problems with mission is that we've tried to mold people into, well, this is how you do mission. I think you just have to be yourself, but have a mission heart, (laughs) and then God will do the rest. He'll guide you into how to do it. Like this team that went to Rotorua, you know, some of them are probably not going to knock on doors and say, turn or burn, repent or perish. They're probably not going to do that. 
but they went down there to Rotorua. They did what was they did. They went on mission in their heart, and a person got saved, and that church in Rotorua was would be massively blessed. I mean, don't underestimate the impact of something like that. It's a that's a fruit of Church Unlimited City, and I'm really strongly encouraged by that. But what I'm looking at today is really the main reason the Church of Jesus Christ exists, and that's you know like I can just say that quickly, but that's a massive statement, isn't it? Like, why does a church exist? Like, why, why are there billions of people probably across the globe gathering churches today? They're going to worship and they're going to be preaching and ministry and all the rest of it. What's it all about? What, what, are, they, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? What are they meant to be doing? What is the purpose of all of this? And I want to kind of look at it today because it connects with the primary calling on Church Unlimited as well. And, uh, you know, it's been well said that the main challenge that you and I face is not destruction, but distraction. The devil's always wanting to distract you from what you should be doing. He's the master of distraction. And, uh, you know, he's, he wants to distract the church away from what it should be doing. And he doesn't distract you with some terrible things that you know you shouldn't be doing. He just distracts you with a whole lot of really good things that seem right and pleasant and maybe pleasing to God, but it's just not the main thing. And so the challenge is to keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing that the church is all about? Matthew 1, 21, she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Jesus means, who knows what it means? How many actually know what it means? It's interesting, eh? Like I said, at West, I think most of them didn't know. A few quietly, some of them knew, some knew quietly. What does is, what is Jesus say? Because what, what it means is absolutely critical. Yeah, it means Savior. Savior. Uh, you're smart at the West City here, man. A bit brighter than that lot out there. But anyway, don't tell them that. It means Savior. So Jesus is all about salvation. <laughs> Why did he come? He came to reach lost people like you and me, so we wouldn't end up in this place called hell, which you don't hear much about these days, but that we would spend eternity in heaven. That's what Jesus is about. That's why he came. And really that is and remains the mission of the church. His whole mission is salvation. And that should be our mission and the church of mission, uh, church's mission as well. And my prayer today is that all of us will fill in one of these forms. I know those rebellious lot at West, some of them said, not in your life. They said, Pastor, we don't care if you call down fire from heaven, we're not filling one of these in. But I know the city is different So, because you're more spiritual here and you're more generous here and you're more kind here and uh, you want to please God here, all right? So I know that all of you will, will fill one of these in. I won't stick around to check, but I know that, that uh, apparently Julian said the doors are locked and you can't get out till you fill one of these in. It's, it's a good ploy, actually. I would do it if I could, but I can't. And it's my prayer that you'll fill one of these in. And you're going to see it's not actually for, for Church Unlimited's sake, probably not even really for God's sake. It's actually more for your sake. This will do more for you than for what you give to. I'll explain that as we go on in this message. All right. Some of you would think, well, I've never, I've never filled one of these in before. And uh, it's outside of my comfort zone, you say. Well, do you know all growth occurs outside your comfort zone? 
When was the last time you got outside your comfort zone? I wonder. That's when you grow. So if you haven't been outside your comfort zone for a while, here we're giving you a golden opportunity. Go outside your comfort zone, feel one of those things, and, and watch what God will do. So let's go to Genesis 24, verse 14, and uh, we read, no, not Genesis, Matthew. Matthew, how did I get to Genesis? Matthew, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So Jesus will finish the mission. See, it doesn't say this gospel should be preached. It doesn't say the gospel might be preached, but this gospel will be preached. And this is the Great Commission. It's also a great commandment, but it also has a great certainty. So how can Jesus be sure the church will not fail in its mission? Well, he knows it won't fail because Jesus knows the future because he makes the future. He is the future, and he knows his job is going to get done. And we're going to help him get the job done. That's what Church Unlimited is. One of our main reasons of what we're about is to help with this great mission of Jesus. You know, all nations will worship him. The Bible is clear. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, isn't it good? You know, if people get on, if you're going to back a team or a cause, back a winning cause. Back a winning team. Don't back the blues. Okay, they're not a winning team, and I'm not sure about the Warriors either. Okay, but you know, if you're going to back something, you know, don't back the Facebook or Google or you know, um, you know, some of these construction companies or some of the most you know famous things going around. Back something that you know cannot fail. Invest in what you know cannot fail. That's a great commission. It's going to succeed. And guess what? It is the greatest cause on the planet. How many would you agree with me that getting lost people to heaven, it, there's no greater cause than that. There's nothing more important than that. That is what it's all about. That's what Church Unlimited is all about. We are fully committed to what burns most in the heart of God, the great commission. So we will keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's why we're passionate to reach lost people. We're passionate for... New Zealand and beyond for community mission ministry to support missionaries to host New Zealand beyond, UK and beyond, Pakistan and beyond. And there's a whole lot of more beyonds coming yet. Just not sure where they are. Rotorua. That's why we're interested in Rotorua. By filling in the faith promise form, you're actually giving to reach your nation as well. So what is your nation? I know it's New Zealand at the moment, but what other nation is represented here? You're giving to reach the Philippines. You're giving to reach Indonesia. Mm -hmm. You're giving to reach India, Samoa, China, Tonga. What other nations have we got here? Yell out, call out. Cambodia, we're here to reach Cambodia. Where else? South Africa. Yeah, all right, we'll keep them in there. Anyone else? Any other country we're not mentioned yet? Yeah. What? Uganda. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Hey, you don't want to give to church and limit. You may not want to give to, you know, Rotorua, but you want to give to Uganda or Africa, whatever. That's, this, is what it, this is about. It's to reach the nations of the world. You know, this, um, this mission will be fulfilled even where it's almost impossible. Do you know where the fastest, what they say, the fastest growing church in the world is today? Yeah. They say it's in Iran. 
Would you believe it? I run. How is Iran leapfrogging New Zealand? Come on, God's own country. They say that the church, underground church in Iran, is expanding at an extraordinary rate. It's just amazing. They say one of the reasons for it is that the, there's an incredible hopelessness in Iran. They, they, they say that per capita, more men and women commit suicide or are addicted to drugs than in any other country. The greater the hopelessness, the greater the turning to Jesus. And even though the West has done little to reach Iran, the gospel is advancing rapidly because a man in white is appearing to Muslims. Jesus, in visions and dreams, is appearing to them. And they're turning to Christ at rapid numbers. And I delight and rejoice in what is God is doing in Iran. It is fantastic. But I say, what about New Zealand? What about our nation? It's going down the drain. And we got called by God to try and change that. And by His grace and with His help, we are going to change that. You know, when an individual or a church connects with the mission heart of God, God's power, God's favor, and His blessing increases. That's one of the reasons I believe that God's opening doors for Church Unlimited, you know, into the nations of the world and into, into in the campuses we're seeing and the success of New Zealand and beyond, all those things, God's power is increasing. Here's another testimony for you from New Zealand and beyond. A lady writes, four years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Started with slight shaking on my left hand, spread to my whole arm, caused weakness down my left side. Because of violent shaking, I couldn't sleep well at night. I felt exhausted after moderate exercise at New Zealand Beyond. There was prayer for healing. At first, I didn't notice any difference, but my husband noticed my hand wasn't shaking so much. Since then, I've slept well. There's only slight shaking in my left hand. My left side is strong. My energy levels have gone right up. I'm able to do many things I could not do before New Zealand and beyond. I know Jesus has performed a miracle in my life. I give thanks to God. Friends, when you start joining in mission, so that was at New Zealand and beyond. There's the power of God, I believe, begins to flow in our lives in a greater measure than ever before. And I'll prove that to you with Mark 16, 15 to 20, or parts of it says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the Great Commission, right? Go into all the world. Then what happens? In my name, these signs will follow you. When you go on mission, these signs follow you. My name, you'll cast out demons. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When you connect with the mission heart of God and you fill in one of these, I say unashamedly, you can expect a greater dimension of God's power to begin to flow in your life. Because that's when the signs happen. The signs actually are more for the street than for inside the church. Joel Holm, in one of his great messages at New Zealand and Beyond, said, add so that to every prayer request. Add so that. In other words, what he was saying is, add so that. So God, help me get a permanent residency so that I can help advance the kingdom of God more. Provide my son with a job so that he can reach those around him for Jesus. Heal me. Provide me a house so I can be a strong witness for you. So that. Add so that. Provide me a husband or a wife. So that. All you single people, listen up. So that together we can advance this gospel and have greater impact for Jesus. God bless my finances so that I can give to the greatest cause on the planet. Joel said this, and I believe it's true based on Mark 16, that when you add so that 
to your prayers, it ignites the Holy Spirit to work on your behalf. I just wonder, I just wonder whether some of our prayers are not being answered because we haven't got a so that on there. Try it, test it, see what God begins to do. Add so that. Well, I had a few days away on holiday. If you watch, follow my Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and if you don't, God bless you anyway. <laughs> At Tarkbana, by the way, that's as simple as that, or Running With Fire um, for the Facebook page. Tarkbana, Running With Fire for Tarkbana on that Facebook page. Anyway, I played some golf uh, while I was on holiday and really enjoyed a few rounds of golf. Uh, some of the shots were great and some were terrible, but see, even Tiger Woods hits some in the water, doesn't he? So I take courage from that. <clears throat> anyway, there was a preacher, and he, he loved golf, and he desperately had to know, is there golf in heaven? I mean, that's an intelligent question. I mean, you know, forget rugby or anything like that. Is it, there's got to be golf in heaven. And all the golfers said, amen. What a loud, loud amen in this church for that. That's great. Anyway, um, so he's inquiring, he said, God, is there, is, there, is there golf in heaven? So an angel appears to him. So he said, aha, here's my chance. Is there golf in heaven? And the angel says, well, I've got good news and bad news. He said, the good news is there is golf in heaven. The greens are perfect. The fairways are fantastic. That's the good news. He said, but the bad news is that you're booked to play at 10 a.m. this Saturday. Some of you will get it on the way home. All right? All right? You're a bit slower than West on that one, I have to say. I have to say. <laughs> but you won on the other one. All right. Someone will explain it to you on the way home. Don't worry about it. All right? It's okay. It's okay. Don't feel bad. Just laugh anyway. When someone tells you, always laugh because you look intelligent. Don't sit there and not laugh because people think, he didn't get it, <laughs> dummy. <clears throat> oh, you're allowed to have fun in church, aren't you? In the midst of the Great Commission. There was a survey done asking, what is the greatest question mankind wants answered? You probably haven't even worked it out, maybe yourself. What is the greatest question you actually want answered? It's the same, I think, for virtually all of us. There's a question we all want answered, and the question that we want answered is, what is my purpose? You know, that's what got me saved. Like, I thought, so I'm born. This is unsaved. I thought I'm born, go to school, university, job, married, kids, or kid. I'm not Julian. <coughs> And then, then you die, and that's it. I just thought to myself, as a non-Christian, I thought, that just cannot be true. I'm missing something. What's, what's the purpose? I can understand people saying, eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die. I mean, if that's all there is, go for it. That's what I did for 20 years. Just went for it. Didn't care what I did because it didn't matter. You're just going to die. <clears throat> then you discover your purpose, <clears throat> that there is an eternity. And you know what? People try everything. 
money, they think, well, money, will, maybe that will satisfy me. Success, position, some going to drugs, sex, addiction, something an OE is going to do. Friends, none of these things can satisfy the deepest inner longings of your heart. They don't give you purpose in life. Today, I'm giving you the purpose for your existence and the purpose of the church being planted on earth, being on planet earth. And as to, is that for us to do all we can is to help God in his mission to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because at the end, that's really all that matters. When a person dies, there's only one thing that matters. <laughs> it's not their bank balance. <laughs> it's not what, how their marriage was or how their kids were or how many kids. It, 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 none of that ultimately. I mean, it's, that not, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But the one big thing that's going to matter is are they saved or not? That's the bottom line, isn't it? So our purpose is to help God in his mission of why he came to earth to reach lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you've never filled in one of these forms, and I'm being sincere now, I can't encourage you enough. I can't stir you enough to do that because it will just do you so, so much good and it will bring purpose into your life. When you get to mission, I think your life goes to a whole new realm. You connect more with God, more with His presence. It fills the emptiness in your life. It really does. But you know, our mission giving also goes towards loving the city we're in. <clears throat> you know the verse, Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away, captive. Pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. Seek the welfare of the place where God has sent you. So think of yourself as sent by God to your city. And some of you have come from overseas. So God sent you to this city. You're not here just to have a better life and better education for your kids and make more money. That's good. That's a, that's a bonus. That's the icing on the cake. But that's not the cake. The cake is you're here to help reach this nation and the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're here to do what you can to love the city. And Church Unlimited City is great at loving the city, loving the city God has placed you in. I mean, you're an example to all the other campuses. It's fantastic to do that. But you know, we need, God wants us to pray for your city, invest in your city, be a good neighbor on June the 16th. Because if the city is blessed and God's people in it are going to be blessed. That's why we need to do that. We're all going to benefit from it. And we do this, you know, feeding the poor and the homeless and all those other things that, that, that Church Unlimited does. Nothing ever done in the cause of world evangelization is done in vain. Not one prayer is prayed in vain. Not one dollar given is given in vain. Not one sermon preached is preached in vain. Not one little shining light in a dark place is in vain. Going to Rotorua and doing what this church did uh, uh, yesterday is not done in vain. It will make a difference to that community. It will make a difference to that church. And who knows, in that team of seven and some of Rotorua, who knows what sparked in some of those hearts that is going to be a fruit in weeks, years, and months to come that is going to be for the, for the uh, advance of the kingdom of God. You know, who knows what one message like this is going to do? If, if three or four people today, their hearts are moved into mission in a greater dimension, the job is, is done. The fruit of it will be enormous. There was a couple in Napier when I was down there last year, and they told the story that uh, they would walk their streets several times and pray as they walked their streets. Uh, and I don't know how long they did it, but they said to me that they couldn't believe. They said as a result of it, five families began to attend the church. And all they did was walk up and down the street praying for, I guess, people to come to Christ, people to come to church, and God answered their prayer. Friends, this is not as hard as we think it is. You know, we just got to let God guide us and lead us 
into doing what he's called us to do. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. One of the most loved verses in the Bible. Everyone has needs. I'm sure everyone here loves it. I bet we've all claimed it. But the question that I've read is, is this promise for every believer? Is it for every church? Well, the answer is in verse 15. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, this Paul, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, only one church supported Paul in his missionary adventures. Only one church gave to mission for the apostle Paul to advance the kingdom of God. The promise of Philippians 4.19 is given to those who give to mission. It's given to a missions-giving church. And friends, I think we've probably got to be very careful. We don't start screaming this, God, this at Jesus, say, come on, Jesus, supply all my needs. Because he may just come back to you and say, well, have you been giving to mission? That's who it was give, the promise was given to those who gave to mission. So you've got to get Scripture in context. You just can't claim anything willy-nilly because... It just doesn't quite work that way. And I sometimes wonder whether people are struggling financially. I'm not, I just wonder, right? Just wondering out loud. But maybe if we began to give more to mission, hey, we could claim that promise. I tell you, I give to mission. I mean, I give to mission. (laughs) I really give to mission. And God's financial blessing on my life is extraordinary. I'm not going to give you any details, obviously. But it's just extraordinary. And I mean, you know, it does, it's not always one plus one equals two. But, you know, one plus one does equal something. And God just looks after us and takes care of us. I want to encourage you to think about that. Because it doesn't matter how much you give or how little you give. You know, you could sell something you no longer need. You know, maybe with $50, give it to mission. Boy, that could spark something in your heart. Delay a purchase. Spend less on lunch. Out at West, I said, skip fast foods. Instead of going eight times a week, go seven. (laughs) Can only say that at West. If you gave up two drinks a week, two coffees a week from the shop, do you know what? You could give $40 a month to mission. Huh? Come on, write it down now, quick, before you forget. (laughs) Before you change your mind. As I'm speaking and God's stirring your heart, write. Seriously, write. Because I tell you one thing, the devil, the last thing he wants you to do is to give to mission. He does not want you to, you, you, he's basically, he's, he's circling your head right now and saying, do not give to mission. Do not give to, did you hear me? There's no one home. Yeah. He just doesn't want you to give to mission. <clears throat> Everyone wants to give. Did you know that? Everyone actually wants to give and reach out. Actually, it's deep in our hearts. I've discovered this. There's something deep in a heart that wants to be a generous giver. Whether you feel it or not. Do you know why? Because you're made in the image of God. Right? And God's the greatest giver of all time. So there's something in us that really yearns and longs and desires to give. And somehow we just, sometimes we just almost need to get a breakthrough. See, we are created for giving. We're at our best when we are giving. We discover ourselves. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's a preacher in New Orleans. And he notices, he's going to the supermarket. He notices his family in front of us. It's a gentleman. And they bought some goods. and obviously didn't have enough money to pay for it. Gosh, my wife sees this sometimes. And she always hands the money out to them. She's, somehow she, I never see it, actually. But <laughs> it's the difference between me and her. She sees it and she does this sort of thing. <clears throat> 
But this guy, he noticed that. So the preacher gives this man at the front in front of him. He said, don't turn around. He said, here's your money. You know, buy your goods. And hey, by the way, Jesus loves you. End of story. Nine years later, nine years later, the preacher's invited to speak at a church in New Orleans. And after the service, a man comes up and talks to the preacher and says, look, several years ago, my wife and our child were destitute. No job, no money. We're living in our car. We lost all hope, and we made a suicide pact, including our child. But we decided to give our son some food first, so we drove to the store. While standing in the line, we didn't have enough money to pay for the items. But the man behind us asked us to please take money from his hand. And he told us, Jesus loves you. We left the store, drove to our suicide site, and we wept for hours. We couldn't go through with it. As we drove away, we saw a church with a sign outside, Jesus loves you. We went in the church. My wife and I gave our lives to Christ. Then he told the pastor, the preacher, he said, I recognize you from your distinct South African accent. Your act of kindness was much more than a good deed. Three people are alive because of it. <clears throat> this is my point. When we are generous and give, it's almost like the Holy Spirit takes it. And he just does extraordinary things with our generosity that we would not believe. And we may not even know until we get to heaven and find out. Giving and generosity ignites the heart of God, ignites the power of God to work in our lives. See, giving is more about the giver than the receiver or the gift. God doesn't need your money. Church Unlimited, seriously, we don't need your money. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. This giving is more for you than for anything else. You will get more out of it than those that we give to. Because whenever we give, we improve ourselves. Let that sink in your spirit. Whenever you give, you improve yourself. I want to improve myself. I really do. I need a lot of improving. We improve ourselves. See, a life of giving is not just, not just money, but pays huge dividends. And you get far more from it than you ever had. And you are far more blessed than you could imagine. It's not about what you give to. It's not even the gift. It's about the giver. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. <clears throat> I finish with this. <clears throat> Some of you have heard the story of Philip Baker. Held a pastor's gatherings across Australia. Invited Australia's most notable atheist to speak. Everyone in the country knew him. And Philip said, I want you to come and talk to the leading pastor in Australia. He said, you are kidding, aren't you? He said, no, I'm not. So I want you to come. And I want you to talk to them about why you think. Well, talk to them about why you would not come to church and why you think Australians won't come to church. This is the leading atheist. Whenever they wanted to comment on atheism, they went to this guy in Australia. The whole country knew him. So here he is in front of 500, all these pastors, leading pastors in Australia. <clears throat> and there's dead silence as he's in the room. And the first thing he says is, I feel like a lion in a den of Daniels. And that broke the ice. All right. 
He said, so you want to know why Australians won't come to church? He said, it's because we see no passion. We see no fire in the pulpit. If what you say is really true, the atheist continues, if Jesus really is the Son of God, if he really did die on the cross to pay for the sin of the world, if he really rose from the dead, and if it's really true, when a person dies, they go into an eternity without God and they spend an eternity in hell or an eternity in heaven. If that is really true, then it must be the highest blasphemy, it must be the highest blasphemy before God to be not absolutely passionate about what you preach, but we see no passion in the pulpit. An atheist's point of view. You can show some passion by just filling one of these in and saying, okay, God, you've got me. I'm on board for this. I want to be a part of reaching the lost and the Great Commission. Psalm, Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty of vats, will overflow with new wine. That's the promises of God. With our faith promise today, we join with the broken mission heart of God who died for the salvation of the world. This is the greatest cause on the planet. I'm just so blessed in myself. I really am. That God has gripped me with the one thing that really matters in life. And that's the Great Commission. That's reaching a lost world for Jesus. I'm so thankful to God. And I think it's one of the reasons why I just experienced so much of God in my life. So many moments with God, encounters with God, hearing His voice, knowing His power. I think I'm just so grateful to God. And it's my prayer that something shifts in your heart today. Something moves in your heart. Because I know if you get this, your whole Christian walk will change. It'll just go to a, it'll just come, there'll come purpose, there'll come meaning, there'll come presence, there'll come power. You'll, you know, God will just be in your life so, so much more. Because when you join with His heart, you know, he joins with your heart as well. You'll come into a place of fulfillment in God that you probably didn't even know existed. Giving to mission is one of the greatest things you could ever do with your life. I encourage you to fill one of these things in as I invite the musicians to come and join us. God bless you and thank you for joining with us here at Church Unlimited City this morning.